Welcome to Falcons Audible Podcast, presented by AT&T. I'm Matt Tabeek with Dave Archer. Dave, it's just me and you again. Uh, okay. No DJ Shockley. We can handle but, it. I think uh, we, we did okay last week. So, yeah, we're uh, we're down a man, but uh, we'll uh, take the next man up mentality here. But, uh, <laughs> Good call, yeah. Uh, normally we do this on Mondays, but it's Thursday because of the holiday. So, uh, happy holidays to you. Yeah, to you too and to all our fans that uh, tuned into this and all the Falcon fans around around the country. I hope you guys had a great Christmas and hopefully the new year is much more prosperous and, and very much more uh, beneficial as a Falcon fan coming up. Second that. Uh, we got a little Christmas present early from the Falcons with a 24-10 yeah. win in Charlotte. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, Dave. And uh, since we're already so deep into the Tampa week, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll jump right into that uh, final game here against uh, the Bucks. But uh, Pretty good showing. Matt Ryan was solid. Uh, three TDs. The run game was, was even though Tevin only carried it 10 times and left, um, pleasant surprise with Brian Hill. Yeah. And uh, the defense forced a season high four turnovers. I don't know where you want to jump in. There's a lot of good things that came out of that game. I, I know they played a rookie quarterback in Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke, sorry. Uh, still, though, very there's a lot of weapons on that team and very good defense. Uh, where do you want to jump in on Carolina? Well, I think the thing that kind of jumps out at me is you played Carolina twice, week two, and then yep. all the way out, counting the bye, week 16, you play them in the second to last game of the year. 170 on the ground in week two. Yep. You went for 194 in this game. Yep. Who would have thunk that you'd put up that kind of yardage, almost 400 yards of rushing offense right. on that defense? And again, as you just mentioned, that's a pretty solid unit as far as who was in there. Now, they were missing Shaq Thompson, the linebacker, the young linebacker. He didn't play in this game, but Thomas Davis didn't play in week two. So you kind of had a trade out there. Back from suspension. And right? I would argue that this, this Carolina defense, we just saw it the week before, completely shut down a team that is the number one seed in the NFC in the New Orleans Saints. They scored 12 points in the game and, and got out of there just by the neck of their, you know, by the hair on the, on the on their neck yeah. of getting out of there with a win. And Atlanta goes in and rips off that kind of yardage against them, against Luke Keekley. And you'd argue that their secondary is much better. The emergence of Dante Jackson at one of the corners. Bradford's been solid. They get two good safeties. I thought it was a, a very good effort by the offense against that defense. It felt like a complete team win and uh, you know again the things you were kind of looking for the second half of the season here was did Matt Ryan have a clean pocket he did for the most part did the run game get going yes mm -hmm. uh, they didn't run they didn't run the ball a whole lot they didn't have a bunch of uh, opportunities that Dan Quinn was talking about today they didn't uh, have a ton of run plays they didn't have a ton of offensive they only had 48 plays in the game yeah and so but my goodness you know you know I think uh, Brian Hill had eight carries and Tevin had 10. So still, they put up very solid efficient. numbers. Very yes, efficient. Very efficient. Good. And I know a lot of those yards came on a, a two or three runs, but mm -hmm. still. Um, but you got a couple of explosives, yes. though, Matt. That, yeah. that was key. That's we key. hadn't been getting explosives in the run game yeah. until the last, you know, here the last couple of weeks. You've gotten a few. And that's kind of what they were hoping for. And then you know, as you see that unfold, now you see how the run game then affects everything else. Uh, we talk about it every week this year, when you can play action off of a viable run game, not just off of a run game that's kind of piddling around. I'm talking a viable run game that's gashing you. 
Now you get safeties crashing down, Ridley wide open down the field because the safety misreads it. Right, you've got line, yeah. yeah, you got linebackers crashing those deep hard play action fakes. You got Sanu and Ridley wide open for touchdowns. Yeah. So you can see how it affects the rest of the game. You know, fans at this point in the year, the, you know, everyone knows the Falcons have been eliminated from the playoff contention. They want hope. They want to talk about you know free agency and the draft and all those other things. But there are there were some positive signs in this game. And frankly, in the last couple of games, and things I'm going to be looking for in the in that last game. But just you know, you talk about the defense, and we got pressure on on um, the Panthers' quarterback, mm -hmm. and, and you know, forced the turnovers. And a couple of those, I think there was a at least two plays that were negated that were positive for the defense because of penalty. But it felt like we were in his face a whole lot more than the stat sheet says. He was beat up now. Yes. Boy, they beat him up bad. I talked yeah, to they, Bruce Irvin post-game. His elbow. He said, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks. That kid I, that kid was hurting late in the game. Yeah, they were beating yeah. him up. Um, but there were so many positives that you can take from this game. I, I like the play of Isaiah Oliver. I like the Brian Hill, as I mentioned. Uh, Bruce Irvin is playing a little bit more than just on the nickel packages. He started... Um, so they're using more than just a nickel, mm -hmm. and he's making a bit of a difference. I don't, you know, we won't get into whether or not who's come, who's going to stay, and who's going right. to go next year. But there are some positives. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, and and you know, I don't know which one you want to jump into, well, but it's just I just think that that's what the fans want to hear about, and we saw it. Well, and and think about this, and you and I know this because we're in and around the team all the time, but. You never make excuses about guys that aren't playing, but what magnifies the guys that aren't playing is one of those guys comes back. And it's no accident that you're playing better defense or creating turnovers and creating problems at the quarterback, as Matt's talking about, with Deion Jones back on the field. Right, yeah. And Deion Jones' ability to affect the game. Now, Christian McCaffrey still had a great day, okay? And he had a great day in week two when Deion was not on the field. But he created enough problems. That they played with more confidence. Think about the last two weeks. Okay, you got seven takeaways as a defense in the last two weeks. The Cardinal turnovers were different. They created either a score, Dion picks it off for a touchdown, or you created short field opportunities for your offense that they cashed in. This week, turnovers manifested itself in another scenario where you kept the other team off the board. A number of them were deep in Falcon territory, and you had a couple of turnovers down there that took the ball away. You mentioned the Oliver interception. Jack Crawford came up with an interception. Mm -hmm. But you had a couple of inter interceptions deep. In, and so that takes, not only does it take points off the board for the opposition, it takes some starch out of them. Yeah. It takes some of their momentum, takes some of the, the, the air out of their balloon, if you will. And so it changes the dynamic of the game. So just in that, I mean, this was a team that had, what do we have, uh, Matt, going into, I think, the Cardinal game, I want to say the team had 13 or 14 takeaways for the year in the first 13 games. Not sure the in the last number. two games, you've got seven takeaways. That's how the game can you can change the game with that dynamic and creating those plays. I'm glad you brought that up because on AtlantaFalcons.com later today, our after further review piece, a weekly piece that we do, we're focusing specifically on the turnover ratio and how that has really told the story of the 2018 season. Dan Quinn talks about that ratio all the time and how he challenged his team uh, at the tail end of the season here to, to increase the turnovers and bring it. Uh, and it, when, you, when you dive into the numbers, it's 
pretty it's telling. It's mind-boggling, it's, isn't it's it? It's pretty telling. But Q talks about value of the ball, and I think sometimes value of the ball, it just kind of goes over your head, and you think, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it, the value of the ball, I can't score unless I have the ball. But the value of the ball is, is in the actual play itself. Dropped interceptions, we had a number of them this year. True dropped a couple, Alford dropped a couple, even Dion here against Green Bay dropped an interception or two. Value of making that play, just that single play, what it manifests itself into of everything around it, the potential short field opportunities, potential scoring, keeping the other team off the board. That's where when you start talking about if, if you're a player and you start trying to digest what Quinn's talking about of value the ball, that's got to be the first thing that comes in your mind. I've got to make that play. I can't just think of it in a general term. Yeah, we value the ball. Well, make that play. Yeah. We didn't do enough of that defensively. Make those plays, and subsequently you look up and you say, wow, if we'd made that play or that play, all of a sudden we're 9-7 and seven and we're in a playoff picture. That's the difference in, in it's that much in a game yeah, or absolutely. in a season. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So now we, the Falcons are coming off this 24-10 win. They wrap up the season in Tampa against a 5-10 Bucks team. Um, they, played, they played Dallas last week. It was a, Dallas jumped out to a bigger lead, but they, they made it a game at the end. This is a good team. This is a very good offense, I should say. Right. Uh, their problem is, is that we talk about turnovers. They turn the ball over been a brutal. lot. Yeah. But they rank up in the top 10 as far as passing yards. And well, they're number one in the league in passing the ball. They are, yes. And, uh, but their quarterbacks, it's, particularly haven't made the, the best decisions. Uh, Fitzpatrick and... 25 right. interceptions for yeah. the two quarterbacks combined. Jameis Winston, yes. Yeah, Jameis Winston and Fitzpatrick have turned it over 25 times. In fact, Jameis turned it over twice against the Cowboys last week, yeah. laid the ball on the ground, one was a scoop and score. 34 take turnovers for, for Tampa. They're minus 18 or 19, which is second to last in the NFL. Yeah, and uh, I think it is the worst, actually. Um, they're, they're, but their defense has struggled. They have they have talent on the team. They have players. They've got some young players that are that are going to be good. Uh, Vita Vey impressed me against mm -hmm. the Cowboys. Big time out of Washington. Uh, yeah. You know, there's their slot receiver, uh, David Humphreys. You know, he's like their true number two now with, with uh, Evans. They've got playmakers, uh, but I think the key for this game is going to be taking advantage of the opportunities and, and if and if Jameis is going to press or, or throw some questionable balls questionable balls into areas you've got to capitalize on that um, I don't know I have a lot of thoughts about yeah Tampa, but uh, yeah there's a lot I of mean, stuff to digest about them they are they are a turnover waiting to no, happen it seems and, and you got to so keep it going right because there's kind of kind of been going that direction Jameis is a guy that wants to push the ball down the field he's not a he'll take a few dinks and dunks but at some point he gets impatient and he wants to push the ball down the field. That's yeah. why he turns it over so much. Now, they're a big play offense. you got Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys. You just talked about the receivers. It's a big-time wide receiver core yeah. that can go get the football, but he will shove the ball into coverage. So now it goes back to that, what we just talked about, value the ball. If the ball's going to be in harm's way. Do you take advantage of those opportunities? Uh, and, and that has to happen. Brian Poole had an interception against this Tampa Bay team in week six. Um, so those are the kind of plays you're going to, have to take advantage of. They will put the ball in harm's way. That's why they are where they are from a turnover standpoint. Right. Do you take advantage, like Matt's talking about, take advantage of those opportunities? They need to. I think that's going to be a, a big key to this game. And on the flip side, they need to just keep doing what they've been doing the last couple games. 
protecting Matt. They've mm -hmm. done a nice job. Tyson Brown's done a nice job, I think. Yeah, he's, he's 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 he has made. So I think he's made he's made a, a little bit of headway now as far as him being a part of the conversation. Not saying he's won a job. No, no we're not saying but that. But he's in the conversation now, and I think Ryan Schrader will be given an opportunity to compete and stuff when we get into next year, and we'll talk a little bit about that. So. But you got to love that kind of scenario where yep. Tyson Brill has done that. I think, for me, a key scenario in this game against Tampa will be their front four. Uh, yeah. They're beat up at linebacker. Quan Alexander won't play. Levante David's a big-time player. He will play at linebacker. He's one of the great tacklers in the backfield of all time. I mean, he's. I think he's got 110 career tackles for loss in the linebacker spot. Big-time player. Yeah. But their front four, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Gerald McCoy up front, those two guys have combined for, uh, I think, 17 or 18 sacks. So they can heat you up. And they've had some success against Atlanta in the past. So I think, to me, if you can control the front four, I think you can really hurt a vulnerable back seven because of some injuries. And I don't think they're playing with a ton of confidence. A lot of people have been asking, hey, are the starters going to play? Yes, they're going to play. Um, are, is Julio going to play? If he can go, yes, he can go. He's, he's going to play. Dan Quinn, they, they are not into resting starters. They no. are not into, uh, I get a ton of questions, Dave, about, hey, why are they winning? Why, why <laughs> they've went from a six to a 10 in the draft order. You know what? I was talking to Rich McKay today at lunch, uh, the president of the Falcons. And you know what? Any of those teams that we just beat would have given anything to trade places and get a win. Yeah. Uh, it's important to those players. It's player, important to the coaches. And whether they go from a 6 to a 10 in the draft, you can still find good players. They're not thinking about a guy that's not on the team yet. They're thinking about this season, finishing strong, and they want to win this game. Yeah, and that's and the job That's the job of the personnel department, right, Matt? I mean, you, you, with season's over now, go get us some more players or go find a couple of guys that fit in if you can find some. Our job right now as professionals is to go play, win, put the best product on the field. I talked about this a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. Um, if I got a chance to go to the Tampa game and I'm a young fan and I'm coming to watch Julio Jones or I'm coming to watch Matt Ryan, that might be the only chance I get a chance to play. And I know it's in those guys' minds. That's why Julio lined up last week because, I mean, if you go back and look what Julio had to do to get on the field in that first series, they had him running on a treadmill that had a belt wrapped around it where, or he had a he had a device wrapped around him where it took his body up off the ground so he could minimize how much weight he was running with on a treadmill. It yeah. created an air pocket where, and he worked to getting up to 80, 90% of his body weight through the week so he could play. He goes in and catches four passes, 20 yards and a touchdown. He gave his what all he had in that series and then that was it. But you got to love the fact that you got guys like that. Grady Jarrett. Grady's got all sorts of stuff. I mean, he's taped up on his knee, his shoulder, his back, but he wants to go play because that's who he is. And, and that's frankly, isn't that who you want to line up with? Right. And I was going to say, at this time of year, there's a lot of banged up guys, but it says something when the best players on your team are out there getting after it. And you know, Cooley, you mentioned it was a game time decision. Mm -hmm. He had multiple injuries, rib and hip, as you pointed out. That's a fantastic story. I hadn't heard that one. Uh, but that says everything. And that says everything about the guy. And if that's your team leader, I'm following this guy. I'm going into battle with this guy. And he's my leader. And he's the example, the, the guy I want to emulate if I'm another receiver. Sure. Uh, enough said, right? And yeah. so I don't understand why the fans are questioning that. I get this. But this, 
I get that they're thinking about next year already, but we still have we still have a game to play. There's a lot to prove. There's a lot to even though even though they're out of it, playing getting that seventh win is, is gonna be really important to Dan Quinn and the staff. So any other thoughts uh, be, on the on the Bucks game? Because I, I wanted to kind of get into that where they go from here kind of thing. Yeah, I don't I don't think I think we've kind of broken down what we're what we're expecting defensively, kind of what we're expecting offensively, and and uh, this will be a Tampa team that they'll be much like there are some guys on this Falcon team. You're paying you're playing for your job, playing for your opportunity, right? And and this is a Tampa team that's going to go through much more flux than this team will. Yeah. There's a chance that uh, Dirk Cutter's not going to be coaching this team next year. There's a chance that Jameis Winston and, and what he has thought of, it, it's already come into question. So I, I would be willing to bet you that this is a Tampa team that's going to lay it on the line their last game at home and, and kind of prove and deserve, that they deserve to be either in Tampa or in the league somewhere. A lot of talent on that team. And if, if you know, hypothetically, if they do make a change, whoever does come in, they've got a lot of talent to work Absolutely. with on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the Falcons here. Uh, they go into this game. They're looking for their seventh win of the year. Um, you know, there's a lot to, there's a, there, like I said, there's been a lot of bright spots. You look at this rookie class, almost all of them have contributed in a big way. Mm-hmm. And, and you're starting to see a little bit more Russell Gage, but you go right on down. Calvin Ridley, you know, he, he kind of hit a wall there, but then he showed up in a big way. Uh, nine seconds into the third quarter. Yeah, wow, 75 uh, yards. Yeah, and, you know, Ito Smith, he's, he's mm-hmm. a little banged up, but he's had a nice year. Isaiah Oliver's had his moments where he's looked really He got his first pick against the Panthers. Foye, I always butcher his name. No, you were all over But And even Deidre Sonat's even made yeah. contributions. I mean, it's been, it's been a solid draft class. Yeah, I think that as you, as you, yeah, I, I would agree with you, Matt. I think that anytime you, you begin to look at, it, at what you're talking about from a an overall development standpoint, which is really kind of where you got to hang your hat, DeMonte KZ has surfaced as a playmaking safety. So now if I'm Dan Quinn and I look to next year, okay, I got Keanu Neal and I got Ricardo Allen coming back, and hey, guess what? I got DeMonte KZ, I've got who has six interceptions. I've got Brian Poole, who I've got to try to figure out what I'm going to do there. He's got a career-high three interceptions. Um, I've got guys that are making plays. That, yeah, Sherrod Neesman shows himself as a viable option as a guy from a depth standpoint. I've, I had to develop him, right? So, yeah, there's a lot of positive hang your hat on. I know there's disappointment out there in Falcon Nation that this, this is not a postseason run. And we all are disappointed. I don't think there's any question to a man, including those guys that are wearing the jersey. No question, maybe more so with them than anybody else. But uh, there is a lot of bright spots, and we'll look at that. The players won't look at that right now, but we'll look at that and, and get excited for next season. You brought up the safeties. I don't know if a lot of fans heard this, but you know, Dan Quinn was asked this week, hey, if Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal are healthy, are they your starters? He said, without flinching, yes. Then what about KZ? Well, that's, that's, they're going to find ways to get KZ on the field. He'll be on the field. You can yeah, bank on that. Exactly. So, you know, that's going to be nice and fun to watch come camp mm-hmm. time. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, one thing that you talk to, you talk about all the injuries and, and the things that didn't go right, but it's provided opportunities. And the one thing you love to see is when, when guys that normally wouldn't play get that opportunity and then take advantage of it. That is great to see, and that gives the coaches something to think about. It gives them tape, 
and it gives them something to, to build on. You know, I asked Coach today about Brian Hill, mm -hmm. and you know, we've been. It feels like we've been waiting a couple of years. We have <laughs> to been. see this out of. Brian he actually Hill. went to another team for a while and came back. Well, he he, he mentioned that. Yeah. He said when he left and he was on the the Bengals practice squad or with the Bengals, um, he came back different, and that change was necessary for him. And so he came back, and you saw that run. He was aggressive. Mm -hmm. Yes, it wasn't a perfect day. I mean, he had the fumble. He was jumping over and leap, leaping guys, and that might have looked cool, but it didn't turn out <laughs> the way they wanted to. Played the ball to. on the ground, yeah. I was excited for the kid. I mean, he's 6'1", 219, and he's running out there like he's Todd Gurley or Zeke Elliott out there. And I'm not saying he's in that category, but it was good to see a guy take advantage of his opportunity. Well, this was a guy that you drafted that was going to be, you thought might be that big back. And think about, and, and we'll get into this probably down the road here as we continue to do this for you guys here on Falcon Audible. But uh, as you talk about, as we move forward, you know, Brian Hill's got one more opportunity. That's what I'm excited about. He's got another opportunity to run the ball. Last week, he showed what he didn't show his rookie year. He showed me a lack of balance his rookie year, an inability to be patient, an inability to really define the crease. And yeah, on, on Sunday against Carolina, all of that had gone away. And all of a sudden, you saw the running back that ran for over 4,000 yards as a Wyoming, Wyoming. Cowboy. He found a way to press the hole, slide to daylight, and then go for immediately from power to speed. And then you saw his ability to finish runs. So that's encouraging. Now he gets to do it again this weekend, probably. We don't know what uh, Tev's status is. That'll be a game-time decision with Tev and his groin injury. But that means Brian Hill's going to get more of an opportunity to play. So, and maybe Jeremy Langford gets an opportunity to carry the football as well this weekend. So, these are all things that are kind of fun as you begin to, as we digest Christmas and we start looking at maybe some of the Christmas presents that are still left over. There's some of these players that maybe untapped talent that's available there that we can look into and, down the road. And if I'm a Falcons fan, that's what I'm watching. That's what I'm getting excited over and knowing what's coming back from injury and, you know, never mind what happens in free agency, never mind what happens in the draft you know that this is the core coming back. You know that this is these guys that we never see on the field. Now you're seeing what they can do. And that's pretty exciting heading into camp. So I don't know. Um, there's really no other way to kind of, yeah, no, one's, no one's thrilled in this building with, with the six wins right now. And no one's gloating over it. No one's happy about it. But you know what? You have to make the best of it you have to evaluate your roster that's what they're doing now dan quinn's evaluating every one every player every coach and so you got to feel good about that as a fan and uh you know this this last game we'll, we'll get to see a lot more of that and uh and then we'll get it then we'll get into uh on falcons Audible podcast the the off season and um you know some of the changes if they're going to make changes but we can talk about all that uh personnel free sure. agency, the sure. draft my evaluation but, uh, of you, though, very yeah. solid. Good job, my hey, man. man. You did a good job. You uh, you make those around you better, so I'm just a product <laughs> of that. Uh, well, we got one more to do after this, yeah. and then uh, as far as uh, regular season podcasts, and this has been fun. It's been uh, uh, a learning experience. It's been, uh, you know, our producer, Sam Larson, hasn't uh, thrown too many things at us. He's only yelled at us a few times, so that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you're right. He's been very kind. I got a lashing once or twice, but... Well, you deserve a lashing a couple no, of times. There's he no can question. be mean. He can be really mean. <laughs> um, but anyway, we love Sam. We appreciate Sam. I just want to make sure we got that out there. Uh, 
it, we love all our producers. Um, but anyway, that's going to that's gonna wrap it for us. Uh, 1 p.m. kickoff on Sunday at yep. Tampa Bay. Um, Falcons 6 and 9, Bucks 5 and 10. Let's hope they get that seventh win. Try to mute those cannons this weekend. No cannons this oh, weekend. Oh, yeah, the cannons. Yeah. We'll right. mute those. I hate the cannons. Peace.